Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their All right. Sup, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, it's a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast from across town, from his uh, house, his clown car full of children house there on the other side of town. It's Ryan Callahan. And Ryan, uh, can you please tell these people why we're having one of these episodes? Yeah, because Tennessee, for the first time in more than a month, has received a commitment for the 2021 class. Uh, athlete Christian Charles from uh, from Gainesville, Georgia, a, actually a longtime Tennessee target. He's been on the, the Vols' radar for several months, has, has had an offer for almost six months now, and committed to Tennessee on Thursday after uh, after really looking like they were they were probably the team in the best shape with him for, for at least a few months now. Uh, I think Tennessee's kind of been in the driver's seat for a little while, and and uh, and Tennessee been recruiting him as a as a defensive back, um, liked liked what they've seen from him on film, and uh, he's just a guy that like a lot of players who would kind of put things on hold this year, hoping to take some visits, and because especially because a lot of his biggest offers, Tennessee, Oklahoma, a few others have mostly come after this dead period started in mid March, so he hasn't had a chance to take visits. Still hasn't been to Tennessee's campus, uh, but this is a guy who's trying to be an early enrollee and, and, and arrive on campus in January. So wanted to go ahead and make his decision before too long and, uh, and, and decided to go ahead and pick the Vols. So I think this is, a, this is a nice pickup. Tennessee's continued to look for more help in the secondary in the 2021 class, even though they have a, a handful of uh, likely DBs in this class. And I, I think they're, they're pretty excited about this pickup. A, a, a somewhat under-the-radar pickup, but, but that's, I think, worked to Tennessee's benefit in this case and made it easier for them to – to land a guy that they uh, that they clearly clearly seem to covet quite a bit, uh, just that despite his limited experience in the secondary. Yeah, you know, normally a, a guy not being uh, on campus, you know, in a normal year would would be a red flag um, for for me at least. But uh, that means nothing in 2020. You know, that's just kind of mm-hmm. kind of where things are now. I mean, some guys have still gotten to to campuses and stuff, but but it's it's obviously not like it would be in a normal year. But but this is Ryan. This is the first guy that. Um, at least to me, it's it, when I look at this, I think this is maybe the first guy who maybe has the Tennessee's taken that's clearly been impacted by, you know, kind of a weird year in the sport because, you know, I see this kid athletically on film. And again, there are people in this company, you included and others, you know, Rusty Manziel, a bunch of other guys who who, who do this much more often than I do. Um, but but on film, this is an SEC athlete. I mean, it doesn't take very long to, to watch this kid on tape before you see, wow, that's that's an SEC athlete. Now, now can he can he do the things you need to do on the back end of defense? We'll see. We don't have much of that. But but I wonder if this is a guy who 
has maybe been clearly impacted by this COVID stuff because on film, this looks like a kid who he's got good offers. I mean, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, other places. But in a, in a normal year, I wonder if he'd have a lot more. Yeah, I, I think this is definitely a, an example of one of those guys who, who I think very likely would have gotten more offers uh, this spring or this summer. Uh, you know, Tennessee offered him in April. And, and frankly, you wonder if even that decision to offer him in April was largely based on the fact that they weren't sure when the dead period would end and they knew summer camps probably weren't going to happen. And, well, okay, we might as well go ahead and offer this guy that we think we're pretty sure about because what are we going to see in the next few months that's really going to convince us one way or the other? If we like him and we want to recruit him, we might as well go ahead and offer him. Uh, but, but clearly they decided pretty quickly that they liked him. Uh, and, and it's interesting that, that other schools maybe haven't followed suit in big numbers. But, again, the fact that you see Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, Vanderbilt, Duke, Georgia Tech, I mean, there's some other good programs that saw what, uh, what, what he's done on film and, and said, regardless of the position they see him playing, said, hey, there's a lot to work with there. And I think Tennessee's definitely in that boat. Uh, he did get to go to a camp, not a college camp, obviously, but he got to go to a, a camp, uh, one of these independent camps uh, that, that you see obviously throughout the year in a normal year, some of these were still held over the summer and he went to one where he posted a 35 inch vertical. So uh, again, backing up that athleticism point, you know, this is a guy who, who can, who can jump, who's got good size at six one. Uh, there's a lot to, to work with there that, that if you're Jeremy Pruitt, you, you like to see all those things, obviously in the secondary. And he's talked before about those being a couple of the things you look for along with what does he say? Guys who have the ball in their hands on Friday night, here we are again. Another guy who does that has played quarterback for the most part in high school. Very little true defensive back experience. He was going to get some more of that this year. Uh, has been banged up with a, with an injury lately, so he hasn't had much of a chance to do that yet. But regardless, a guy that, that that they've seen enough of on film to say, hey, you know what? We we've got a lot to work with there. We can we can teach him uh, a lot of the finer points of defensive back. And frankly, that's what you do a lot of times in the secondary anyway. Uh, you'd be surprised how raw even the typical true defensive back coming out of high school is there's so much you have to learn there that you really don't learn in high school, unless you're just a, uh, just an absolute gym rat and, and film junkie to, to really break down the finer points. That's a, that's a position where you pick up the technique in college a lot of times. So I think that there's plenty of reason to think it'll work. And, and yeah, again, on film, you absolutely see the reasons that this could work out well for Tennessee. So I, I like this take personally. I think this is a nice pickup for the balls. And wouldn't be surprised if he ends up, you know, being a little more highly regarded by signing day than he is right now. Yeah, it reminds me of a conversation that I had over the summer with, uh, with the Nico Slaughter when he was talking about how the, the the first couple conversations that he had with Derek Ansley made him realize he actually knew nothing about playing the defensive back position. And by him, I mean Slaughter. Uh, you know, because you talk about sort of the techniques and, and the differences of, of playing at the next level. He said it kind of blew his mind when the first time he heard Ansley talk because he was like, oh, man, there's so much I don't know about this yet. Uh, and that's a guy who had played DB throughout his high school career. And, and which, which, I mean, which, which, which is interesting oh, to me. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you really can't overstate that enough. The average defensive back in high school, I mean, not, not to oversimplify what they do, but you'd be amazed how many the extent of what they know is essentially backpedal if you're at corner. And if you're a good defensive back in high school – a lot of times they'll put you at safety anyway because you've got more of a chance to make more plays there. Yep. So you just kind of go back there and play center field. So, yeah, there's, there's not always a lot of technique to it. So, again, you're, you're, you're often taking a raw guy anyway. So I think people might, people might say, hey, you're taking a guy that hasn't played that position much before and trying to make him a defensive back. I don't think that's much of a leap. We've, we've seen it with Bryce Thompson. You know, that, that was more of just an athlete that they, they made work in the secondary. Elante Taylor had played some DB in high school, but that was not his – 
number one position, you know, so that, and Taylor may be a good comparison here, a guy who was a running quarterback and, and, and a receiver a lot of times, but an offensive athlete for the most part, and you make him a defensive back. So there, there's a, there's a template here that, that Charles does fit, even though he's not uh, the higher rated, highly regarded 40 offer type guy right now. There, there's a lot of similarities there that I think make this a good fit for Tennessee. Yeah. And, and you, you said a couple things there that, that got some alarm bells ringing for me in kind of a good way. You know, you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned his Duke offer, and, and that naturally makes me think of David Cutcliffe, former Tennessee mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, now the Duke head coach. And when he talks about looking at football players, how you know he he never looks at a player's size at first. He looks at his feet, and if he likes the way his feet move, he'll look at his hips. And if he likes the way his hips move, then he'll look at how big he is. But he 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 starts at the bottom or whatever, and then because if your feet aren't good, you probably really can't make them that much better. Uh, you know, and then if your if your hips don't move really well, it's hard to kind of free that up and make you a better athlete there. But if you got those two things then you can go look at the other things. Because, you know, you can have a great 40-yard dash without being a great, you know, kind of change of pace guy or a great, great kind of lateral quickness guy. You know, the, the, it's not the same skill. It, it really isn't. And one thing that I noticed while watching this kid run in the open field, you watch his feet and you watch his hips, he can move. He's fluid. And I think that's something that if you're, if you're putting yourself in the mind of Jeremy Pruitt here and you're thinking – you know, if this guy doesn't have a ton of tape as a DB, what do I want to see? Well, I want to see uh, his awareness on the field. Uh, I want to see if he's paying attention a lot. I want to see his feet move. I want to see his hips move. And I want to see how kind of fluid he is. And he shows that there. Now, can he do that backing up as well as he does going forward? I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. But I can tell you from watching that film, that kid can move his feet and he can move his hips. He's a fluid athlete. That is a huge thing to me. And when you combine that with his size, you think of, hey, this is a guy who, in this era at least, you know, is if he could play corner, that's the kind of size you want. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and where he fits in the secondary exactly, you know, I think maybe remains to be seen. I think there's some thought that cornerback, I mean, most most of the time you try guys at corner. Uh, when they have the right size and, and the combination of that with the speed and, and at least the ability to flip their hips, you see, you see enough there that you say, okay, let's give him a look at corner. And if it doesn't work, you can always move him back to safety. If the speed's lacking or something's not quite where you want it to be safety, safety is always kind of a place where you can move those guys. I, I think you could see him play either. I think he, he legitimately is kind of a hybrid guy. I could almost see him anywhere in the secondary, but I think, I think there's some thought that maybe safety will end up being his best fit, but some of that will just depend on, how much bigger he gets physically. He's been just an athlete in high school. I think his body still uh, could allow him to, to add some weight pretty naturally. So does he get to 200, 205, or does he stay in the 190, 195 range? I think that will somewhat dictate where he goes. And then just, you know, they'll see where the athleticism fits next year. But there's a there's a lot to like there. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, th- I think you've got some some options. I mean, anytime you've got a six-foot-one athlete that can jump that, that way. And, you know, like you said, just a good overall athlete and fluid I don't, I don't know that there's any one thing about his athleticism that jumps out. He's just overall a good athlete. You know, he's a, he's a below four five guy, I think in the 40, which is certainly very good. Um, you know, again, can jump, does all of those things well. And, and to me, maybe the most important thing, he's a smart player. I, I think that's going to translate pretty well in the secondary. That is a position where on field intelligence, especially really does matter. Uh, especially if you end up at safety, that's a position where you've got to, you've got to think a lot. You've got to read things right. Uh, I think his intelligence will, will, will do him some uh, some favors in college. So uh, I think there's a there's a lot to like about this this pickup. I know a lot of people will look at the the offer list and the star ratings and all that and and you know wonder why 
Tennessee is, you know, taking a guy like that this late in the game when you've got a full class uh, or on paper, a full class. I think that speaks to how much Tennessee likes him. Um, they're not in a position where they have to fill a spot there. This is a guy they want in their class, uh, even with a few defensive backs already in there. So I think that tells you Tennessee thinks pretty highly of him and has obviously been recruiting him hard for a while. So I think if you're a Tennessee fan, this is one of those uh, one of those additions you have to you have to you know not worry too much about what the rating and offer list look like and say, hey, if Tennessee's coaches want him that that badly, I I think they're they're probably onto something here. And why would Oklahoma's coaches you know go twelve hundred miles away to want this kid too? So I mean I yeah. think there's something to be said there. And you know it's actually funny you talked about something um, that I wanted to talk about in the second segment of this. It's kind of a I don't want to say an awkward segue, but we got to go to break here. Um, but you just mentioned talking about this kid's intelligence, and that's something that I want to pick up with here in the second segment. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break, listen to some products, uh, some some in-house ads, uh, some products. Services, goods, all those other fun things. And we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24 7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town in his clown car full of children abode there um you know i think i think it's now a running question will, will there be more tennessee commits in this class or uh children at ryan's house i think that's it's sort of a it's sort of a 50 50 proposition right about now uh but ryan when you talk about this kid about uh, tennessee's most recent commitment this is a kid we've been talking about now uh for a good 10 12 minutes or so christian charles a kid from the atlanta area down there in gainesville georgia you mentioned something which I think is interesting in, in the first segment. You talked about how smart this kid is. And when you're trying to move from offense to defense, you're, you're trying to move from quarterback to, to maybe somewhere in the secondary, it helps being a quarterback, right? It helps being a guy who has had a leadership position. It helps being a guy who has had to learn an offense from that perspective. And if if this kid has intelligence, uh, that really probably could help his transition, you know, to defense, right? I mean, you're talking about a kid who is going to have to learn a lot of new techniques. He's going to get swarmed with a lot of new information, but it seems like he might be the kind of kid who can handle it. Yeah. And and I think you just have to think of a few of Tennessee's successful defensive backs in recent memory that, that fit that description uh, to, to realize that that's a formula that does work quite a bit. Obviously, Elante Taylor, we talked about before, uh, is, is a guy who played a lot of quarterback in high school. That wasn't his only position he played, but he had that background uh, and playing receiver also, which I think he he's admitted before has helped him uh, in his transition to being a full-time defensive back. I think it naturally does. 
Uh, and then Emmanuel Mosley was a guy that played quarterback in high school and obviously was, uh, was, you know, well-regarded by Tennessee's coaches uh, under that former staff and, and, and always did things right on the practice field and had the speed. There was a lot to work with there. And he was, again, sort of raw coming out of high school and wasn't just a true defensive back. And so you had to sort of take what you saw at uh, a quarterback and in camp. In that case, Tennessee actually got to see Emmanuel Mosley in camp several years ago. Um, so this is the guy that obviously in a normal year, you would have loved to have seen him in Tennessee's camp and confirmed what you see on film. But again, when you put him in that template and, and you see those guys who've done that before uh, playing quarterback and having that on-field intelligence uh, and having that athleticism, put it all together, that, that's often a winning formula. So I, I think that is one of the things you like about him is that he does have that uh, the mindset of, of being a former quarterback that's going to help him understand what defensive backs need to do to, to disrupt plays. And again, uh, when you when you've got the athleticism that he does, that and and six foot one, that's hard to find. A lot of times, it's more common, but a six foot one corner is what everybody's looking for. If he can play corner, especially, uh, that's going to be an asset for him to, to have that kind of size and length. And, and you know, you, you mentioned something just a minute ago, Ryan, that also got my attention. In, in that, you talk about you know transitioning from offense to defense. You know, a guy who hasn't played in the secondary a lot, what would he look like at the next level? You know, we live in an era of, of specialization, right, where, where you see more kids who are playing only one sport, you know, more, more football players who are only kind of playing one side of the ball in high school. We just – everything seems to be kind of getting more specific in its training. Jeremy Pruitt could not be more different in that way. He is very mm-hmm. old school. He, he just wants to see, are you an athlete and can I teach you something? And if you can do those things, that's really all he cares about. And I, like 99% of the time, I am completely on board with that. The one question I have about that is that when you're looking at at guys in the secondary, right, you know, you're looking at, is this a corner? Is this a safety? Is he more of a nickel? And, you know, it's hard because sometimes you can, you can, you can be a guy who's got a lot of athleticism, but maybe you're not quite a corner. Maybe you're not quite a safety. What exactly are you? And it's hard for me to, to know when, you know, in any case necessarily what a guy's going to be there. But when you got a guy who's not played a lot of defense, at least doesn't have a lot of defense film from high school, does that become a concern that you don't know whether he's more of a corner or a safety? Because if you keep getting guys like that, you know, you, you, you know, do you have a jack of all trades, a master of none, or, you know, is that not an issue for you? I, I don't think that's an issue at all for this staff. I'll say that because I, I think that, and Jeremy Pruitt's come across this many times before they teach the secondary by concept, not so much by position. So as he points out all the time, moving a guy from nickel to corner or corner to nickel or safety to nickel, whatever it might be, you know, Sean Schamberger playing safety and nickel. Um, you can have guys like that who can move from spot to spot because you teach by concept. Theo Jackson playing nickel this year, in addition to, you know, having played safety a lot in the past. So you, you've got some flexibility like that. And, and so because of that, I think Tennessee sort of tends to recruit guys who really are just defensive backs. They don't necessarily have to be a corner. They don't necessarily have to be a safety. Uh, you just let their 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 body and their skill set sort of dictate where they fit best, and and usually it works out where you have a, g- a good number of both. And and so far, you know, I think Tennessee sure would, would love to have better depth at both positions, but uh, that just that, that just adds to the argument for for having guys who can do a little bit of both because that's why Jeremy Pruitt likes to do it that way because so many defensive backs are interchangeable by skill set anyway. Um, very few are like, you know, Jalen McCullough is a guy who's probably just a safety by trade. But otherwise, you look around, a lot of Tennessee's defensive backs could probably be pretty interchangeable. And I, I, he likes it that way because you can get your best five guys 
on the field at any time or best six, however many it may be that you're playing. And, uh, and in this case, yeah, I think Christian Charles is a perfect fit for that because you can, you can see him growing into a safety. You can see him staying at corner. He might even be able to be interchangeable and do both throughout his college career. Uh, he might be a safety nickel type. There's just uh, – there's no way to know for sure right now. And, again, part of that's because he hasn't played in the secondary much. But I think that's not a problem because that's that's kind of the way this staff recruits by nature anyway. You know, they sign, uh, you know, a couple of defensive backs in the in the, in the the 2020 class, Keyshawn Lawrence and Danico Slaughter. And I think they knew Slaughter would be a star. I don't think they really knew where Keyshawn Lawrence would fit in for sure. And, and they're still maybe figuring that out over the long haul. So – this staff tends to recruit that way by nature. And, and I think Charles fits perfectly into that. Yeah, I actually do. Um, excuse me. I actually do agree with that, but I just think it's fair to, mm-hmm. I think it's a fair question to ask uh, because, you know, when, when you start wondering about, okay, you know, most of this looks good, but you know, if something wasn't perfect, what would it be? And I think that would maybe be one thing you could point to, but I actually do agree with what you said. And, and I've, I've been on record saying this several times. I really like Pruitt's mentality there. You know, he just says, yep. give me a football player. And that's, he. you know, don't try to overthink something. You know, j- just just go with what you see. Go with your gut. What do you what do you see about this? What do you think about it? And, and I, I, I kind of like what he does in that way. Ryan, before we get out of here, I know that it's not been, um, you know, this is obviously a, a player Tennessee wanted to add. This is a guy that, regardless of any ranking, this is a guy they wanted in this class, which is all that matters. Um, but, you know, there was a big, big name out there this week, Amarius Mims. Tennessee thought for a long time it had a chance with that five-star lineman. Uh, he ends up going to Georgia. Uh, sort of what does that mean for Tennessee's class now, and what are the next things to keep an eye on with this bunch? Yeah, it looked like this week, uh, you know, had, had a couple of potential announcements that, that might be worth following for Tennessee that didn't involve Christian Charles. You know, he's kind of the, the surprise of the week. Uh, but the ones that you, you went into this week, uh, or a couple weeks ago at least, thinking, maybe Tennessee had a real shot at them were Mims. Uh, and then Christian Zachary, the edge rusher from, from Georgia, uh, also announcing his decision today. And, and, you know, it's, it's looked for a few days like Tennessee was going in another direction there. So uh, neither of those announcements really involving the balls and they get a, they get a player that's not as much on everybody's radars for, for an announcement this week. Um, Mims of course is the big blow there though. And that's, you know, that's not Tennessee's decision, obviously to, to not end up getting him in, in its class. That was a that was a real battle with Georgia. Tennessee really put itself in, in position to have a shot, I think, down the stretch and did everything it could. And, you know, they got him on campus four times from July to, to early October. So there, there's a ton of things they did right. Uh, but at the end of the day, sometimes it's just hard to beat out the home state school and all the things that might be pulling in there. In this case, friends that he knows are in Georgia's class, on the roster there. There are just a lot of different ties and relationships there that I think were just tough to beat out in the end. So uh, it's a tough loss for Tennessee. They, they still could use another offensive lineman in this class. You know, they still may continue to, to recruit Rod or the, the Florida state commitment from Alabama. Uh, he's another option at tackle who's still out there. Uh, they, they've got a junior college option, uh, Jordan Moko. That's from Australia. Uh, really, really talented guy that hasn't played a lot of American football before, but, but a lot, uh, a lot of schools like him, including some other sec schools, so he's one you could see Tennessee still uh, stay involved with. They've got some other names still on the board that we'll see if they uh, become more involved or become more of a factor. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much they sort of force the issue to get another offensive lineman with Mims officially committed to Georgia now. Um, but, yeah, Tennessee is still you know, right there with a pretty full-looking class, you know, 26 commitments now. Uh, obviously, they, they, they can't keep taking guys forever, so it's the, still the story we've kind of been waiting for for a few months. You know, how many more do they add and, and who do they lose, if anybody, along the way to sort of make room for anybody they add from this point forward? Um, still some names out there they'd love to add, 
uh, and a lot to be decided in the next few months. So it's, uh, it's still an, an interesting time as we kind of wait for more dominoes to fall. This is just the first of, of many that could, could really impact Tennessee's class between now and signing day. Yeah, well, I mean, you start doing the math and you realize that, especially if they want to keep adding, they, they sort of have to lose somebody or, or something has to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm not really an expert uh, mathematically. That's one of the reasons why I'm a sports writer, I guess, and, and you know, do what we do. But, I, you know, I just look at the numbers and you can kind of see that, especially if they keep adding guys, something's got to give, right? Yeah, and, and they're getting a better feel, you know, some of that might play itself out naturally uh if there's a chance for guys to take visits in january and there are some guys still waiting around to see if that's possible uh, but if that happens and the dead period does end january 1st you know that's that's maybe where things could get a little hairy you know you could see some guys decide not to sign early and decide to wait and take visits in january so you don't want to you don't want to part ways with guys too soon because you could have some some unforced attrition later on that you d- maybe weren't expecting or weren't looking for so you, you got to kind of wait things out at least a, a little while. And you also are trying to get senior film in of these guys to get a good feel for what you're getting because they didn't get a chance to really evaluate anybody in the spring and summer uh, beyond last year's film that, and, and some random camps here and there for a few players that they might have gotten some film of secondhand. So uh, you got some things to, to work with now to see how these guys are looking during their senior seasons. So I think you'll see more dominoes falling there and, and maybe Tennessee parts ways with some guys in the coming months. Uh, but also some some hesitation there because I think you just don't know what's going to happen yet. And even if even if you know the COVID situation may not clear up by January in time to take some visits, just that possibility looming out there, I think makes some schools maybe a little hesitant to say, eh, let, let's go ahead and part ways with some guys because you just don't know what's going to happen. I think that's a that's a good point, and, and and really that's not the point here. The point is that Tennessee just added another commitment from Christian Charles, and this is a kid who who they really like and a kid they wanted in their class, which is the main point of this. Um, but uh, I guess we had to digress just a little bit. Ryan, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, throw in there before we step out of here? Yeah, no, just uh, you know, kind of we we've seen this before. You know, Georgia made a big move this week with the addition of Mims. You know, Tennessee's still in the top ten nationally in the rankings, but we've seen some other teams kind of gradually passing them in, in the team rankings that that's kind of to be expected. I, I know some fans will probably look at recruiting and say, uh, you know, missing out on Mims. There, there's some other guys that they look like they're maybe not in the driver's seat for right now. I, I think Tennessee's class will be fine in the end. This, they were expected to get passed by some of those teams in the long run. They're, they're going to have to continue to add some talent to this class that they want to finish with near, uh, near a top five class, but they're still in good position to finish pretty strong. And this, uh, you know, again, the, the addition of Christian Charles, I think is one, for Tennessee fans to be pretty happy about it. I think this is a nice pickup, and they wouldn't be taking him this late in the game, frankly, if they weren't pretty sold on him. So I think look at Tennessee's class overall. You know, there, there's still a lot to like there, and, and with Tennessee you know, obviously looking to finish out this season strong, that that could play into that too. But so far, I think they're off to a, a good start and still in position to sign a top ten class. I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks, Ryan. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. And thank you all for listening out there. We appreciate it. We always do. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, uh, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, sir, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. Or you can go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, where we have tons of good stuff on there throughout the day. Not just Tennessee news on the Facebook page there, but, but mostly, mostly Vols news there uh, and some other things that we think Vols fans would be interested in. Uh, or if you want that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water just right from the tap. You know, you can't take that, Georgia. You can win a football game, but you cannot take that water. 
You can find that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to find coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball, Lady Vols sports, where Maria Cornelius does an awesome job covering all things Lady Vols for us. And you can discuss that with us uh, on GoVols247's checkerboard, which is the best community on all, of Al, on all of Al Gore's internets to talk Tennessee stuff. Or you can go to the Summit, which is the Women's Sports Board, all kinds of stuff on there. And uh, if you pay us what's just a very, very reasonable rate, less than one mediocre lunch per month, or even cheaper than that if you want to get the annual package, go ahead and sign up. If you sign up for GoVoss 24-7, you pay us full price, you get free access in perpetuity to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform, all kinds of stuff, every show CBS has ever made, commercial-free, new movies every month, uh, sports, uh, live sports all the time, SEC football, Tennessee football, uh, NFL football, uh, college basketball, March Madness, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, World Series of Poker, all kinds of good stuff. Exclusive podcast stuff and stuff from Comedy Central, uh, from BET, MTV, uh, Nickelodeon, and Smithsonian Channel. For so, so, something for everybody in the family. And that's a $100 annual value that we will give you for free. For free. For free if you pay us at GoBoss 24-7. Nobody else can offer you that. We can offer you that. Uh, if nothing else, guys, you should hear from us again. I would say... Ooh, you'll hear from us before Tennessee's Kentucky game. You'll hear from us before Tennessee and the Cats play on Saturday. And you'll hear from us again after that game uh, with breakdown, analysis, everything from there. So until then, uh, guys, be safe out there. Wear your masks. Be cool. And uh, we'll see you soon. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.